Okay. 420. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's where we're cutting it to, and that's what we're starting with. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Dumb Bitch Binging. Uh, I'm Josh. I don't have a bit. <laughs> it's me, Bender. And I'm drunk. <laughs> so it's also Bender. Hello, We're Bender. Bender. <laughs> oh, I'm Flexo, actually. If we can, we'll do that. <laughs> I want to be the one robot with the clamp. Clamp? You want yeah. to be clamps? <laughs> yeah, I want to be clamps. <laughs> I'm that little orphan bot. There's so many good robots in Futurama. It's so funny. Hedonism bot. Uh, The robot of all time. Anyways, we're talking about Bender's big score. Yay! Woo! Bender's big score. Futurama's return to form after an unjust cancellation. Again? Again. In 2007, yeah. their first re- reboot, where they weren't gonna, they weren't positive it was gonna stick this time. Um, yeah. So they made what was it, four movies, and then cut them each into four e- episodes. And that's just season five. I yeah. thought that was just something Hulu did, but apparently that's actually how it is intended to be viewed. Yeah, is that these movies are the fifth season? Mm-hmm. I did not know that before. Now uh, I have never seen the movies. Um, so this was my first go through, which is insane. Yeah. Um, and the unfortunate thing is that, um, this was the best one of all of them. (laughs) That's not surprising. You know, the, the sequels are never as good, but (laughs) it's just, I don't know. How are we feeling about Bender's big score? I, I enjoyed it, mm-hmm. um, but I do think it it really like from my viewing experience, honestly, benefited from watching it as like separate episodes. Okay, just because it does just feel like Episode. a few episodes of Futurama, like yeah, and I I'd say that's. I guess kind of a good thing and a bad thing, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because that was kind of the intent, was that it is like, they're going to fill a season with these. But it was still like, feels like less of an event that way, I guess. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I just, I and I, I know the intent wasn't like an event kind of thing because like they only were given permission to make movies, yeah. Um, and they didn't know if they would have like a show after it. Yeah. But oh, oh, the the plot it it felt so um, <laughs> unnecessary after like halfway through the third episode for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think somewhat highlighted for me that like there's a reason we don't have like three parters in Futurama Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's not that kind of show 
it's a show that really relies on bits. Yeah. Which can be hard to carry throughout. I also, like I said, I, di- I did enjoy this a lot. Uh, anything that's like going to be severely involved in the time travel back and forth, I'm going to get lost. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I can't keep track of the timelines in this. See, and my big issue with Bender's Big Score was um, that every single time I hear Bender's Big Score, I think of that episode where he switches bodies with that, um, what was it, Russian robot king to steal his crown, and then like a whole bunch mm. of hijinks where like everybody's swapping bodies, and then uh, who is it? The professor ends up in a robot circus in Bender's body, and <laughs> <laughs> Scruffy's wash bucket is in Amy's body and tries to fuck him. You know, like that's what I think of when I think of Bender's big score, which is. Um, instead, uh, four episodes that have almost nothing to do with Bender, specifically. (laughs) There isn't part of this. That that was what I forgot about going back to watch this, was that it's called Bender's Big Score. Um... And yet Bender is only kind of part of the plot. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird. (laughs) Like, he's more of, like, a vehicle to move things forward than he is, like, any kind of necessary character for the story. You know? Yeah. Like, all the big stuff happens, like, kind of as it always does with, like, Leela and Fry. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's sad it's good it's enjoyable it's good but it's like weird because it's called Bender's Big Score (laughs) and what did he what did he score (laughs) malware (laughs) should have called it back to the Freitcher should (laughs) have honest to god like it would have it would have like made so much more sense um Oh god. Like I always like I always like sit here and I think I'm like, well, the plot for this one's really simple and we don't need to spend a whole lot of time on that. But then I'm like thinking like there's that wailing <laughs> Lilu Lilu shit and then like <laughs> the naked squidbergs. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bender going back in time robbing all of these ancient <laughs> like <laughs> I just, there is Hermes <laughs> and his marital issues. That's right, because Hermes is just ahead throughout this. Mm-hmm. Why did that fucking Barbados slim? <laughs> Santa, the Kwanzaa bot, and Hanukkah zombie are in this. Yes. For what reason? <laughs> they I got like that. They make up the <laughs> combined military might of the world, essentially. Yeah, it's a fight. Uh, what are those scammer aliens called? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> They're literally just called the scammers, but I think... I, d- I don't know if there's like a specific thing. They look like Zoidberg without a shell. Yeah, yeah they look disgusting. 
Which I think I think they are lizard species without shells because they found them on a nudist planet. No, they aren't because they have different organs than Zoidberg does. They have the scrunger, which I fucking. Yeah. Mm But yeah, I I don't like them. They're nasty, and unfortunately, they are the whole reason plot happens. So. Um. So the plot is uh. Um, where to start Uh, they get scammed by scammer aliens yeah Um, and that's by falling for spam emails yeah you know how it is yeah so uh, Professor Farnsworth accidentally signs over the deed to Planet Express you know there's this (laughs) Yeah, um, and eventually President Nixon signs over the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know how it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know how it goes. The head of President Nixon of the world signs over the world. <laughs> I just try to think of like what the bullet points are that are like important to mention, like uh, um, Lars. Um, so Hermes, uh, they're celebrating the fact that they are no longer out of business so Hermes does limbo and then he gets his head cut off um, and then so they have to go to the head museum <laughs> and, and then um, Tuesday am I right? <laughs> it really genius. Um, and then there they meet Lars who is a head museum head Technician? I he feeds them. A care person? <laughs> yeah, he's a caretaker. Caretaker, um, yeah. He's the head museum it. equivalent of any high schooler at PetSmart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> he feels so passionately about the well-being of the fish. <laughs> uh, he hits it off with Leela, and so that pisses Fry off. Um, we have also... On the nudist beach, found that there's a tattoo of Bender's head on Fry's ass. This is important. I need yeah. to make note of it. It's insanely important. It, it so... is the most important. Um, and then Bender clicks on a spam link for robot porn and then immediately gets uh, malware <laughs> and becomes the uh, unwitting servant of the new. Uh, Scammer aliens? We still have the race. They're scammers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's just what scammers look like. Their names (laughs) are Nudar, Fleb, and Schlump, by the way. Thank you, Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) And they look like Nudar, Fleb, and Schlump. They look look exactly (laughs) how they sound. (laughs) Picture Schlump, and also if he's a nudist, you know exactly what he looks like. Yeah. (laughs) You will not be surprised. But uh, Bender is under their control. <laughs> and they discover that uh, they take over Planet Express and they discover that the tattoo of Bender on Fry's ass has the <laughs> universal time travel code. Mm-hmm. What was um, it doing on Fry's ass? Literally unexplained. Okay, the- Bender puts it on there. 
so that this all makes yeah. sense. He, he makes sure to wrap that up for us. <laughs> but it is unexplained how it got there in the first place. It That just happens when you get cryogenically frozen? Yeah, sometimes your best friend goes back in time to put a tattoo on your ass so a complicated movie can happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's just that's just life sometimes. <laughs> um so they use this time code to send time to steal some historical artifacts so that they can uh be rich. Um <laughs> and they do like the usual gets left back in time where they just have him sit somewhere. <laughs> wake up uh, in whatever year they're needing him and then just walk back up. So funny. My favorite. That's my favorite way that they deal with time travel in Futurama is like Bender's just left behind and they let him sit. It's like yeah. ev- every that's single... The, that's the only time travel thing that I care about to be frank. It's so funny. Um <laughs> so funny. It's so convenient for everybody else. <laughs> He's no problem with it either. He's like, yeah, let's just no. sit there. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you only gotta send him one. Like, he doesn't need a whole back to the future moment. <laughs> you it, send it, him one. It doesn't matter. He shows no back like one for times, right? <laughs> he takes um, a nap. But once they get suitably rich enough, they decide Fry has to die because of his ass tattoo. So, um, they send <laughs> uh, Nibbler erases it from Fry's ass. So they send Bender back in time to kill Fry so that he never goes to the future with it. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, oh, Yes, so they they actually send Bender to kill Fry. Fry uses uh, his own ass tattoo to go back in the past so he can live from 2000 onward in the past. Um, (laughs) And then they send Bender back in time to kill him. Because original cryostasis Fry did not have this tattoo. So that's fine. Uh, Again, we don't know exactly where between this timeline and... Uh, the one post-Bender applying tattoo, he got the tattoo, but you know what? It, you it know how it... time paradoxes are? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Someone's exploded either way. Uh... <laughs> and then there's this whole convoluted... It's not even that convoluted, but like... <laughs> no, I can't is. keep track of it. <laughs> uh, several Benders are sent back in the past. Several Fries are sent back in the past. Whatever. Yada, yada, yada. Notable fries are um, the fry that originally went back to the past, is living his life. Um, he gets a job as a marine <laughs> biologist uh, because he's able to make a connection with a narwhal that's at the local aquarium. Uh, and the, it's very clearly a emotional stand-in for Leela, who he has felt he's been losing this whole movie, um, to Lars. So he goes on this whole fucking emotional journey of like they decide to release the narwhal Lilu <laughs> to the <laughs> Arctic. He goes to try to bring her back. He realizes she's much happier in the wild. He comes back. Bender finds him and explodes his apartment. Um, and, and that's he realizes 
he's Lars. Mm-hmm. Um, we we find out uh, the reason Lars is bald and has a deeper voice is because of explosion. Who cares? It's Futurama. Uh, Doesn't matter. It, it does not matter. <laughs> My favorite thing about this movie is okay. So like, there are multiple fries in the cryostasis. Um, we have had several instances of like example of like time paradox clones are doomed to die and all that it's whatever (laughs) um so like the amount of fries doesn't matter uh in the long run um (laughs) so there's original fry who is uh getting unfrozen and going through all this and then there's a version of that fry who went back in time to have slightly less cold pizza to eat He's just and like then, me for real. And no, then set, set himself to go back to the future at the exact moment that Lars's funeral was happening. Good job. Uh, guessing that. Uh, and then we have Fry, who was Lars, who was aged like 10 years and is now a survivor of a traumatic explosion accident. Um, going back to the future, just be like, uh, I'm gonna fuck Leela. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. And um, that one. But... Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Um, it's they... so funny. Like... Yeah, they defeat uh, the scammers by using time uh, Bender is exploding for some reason. I cannot remember why. Because uh, one of the Benders that went to the past accidentally initiated a self-destruct. Gotcha. Um, and then one of the Fries pushed that Bender into a cryostasis chamber. <clears throat> My favorite thing about this movie is just really cementing the canonization that this very high-tech scientific research facility is wholly unmanned. Uh, seemingly like unguarded yeah like we don't like the only time we ever see people in there is in the very first like episode of the show and Mm. never ever like again no like never are they relevant ever again yeah and we really only saw them in there in the future yeah Yeah. welcome to the world of tomorrow they just let Fry's frozen ass hang out in there. Six yeah, they're not worried over. about it. Not even worried. Like, like I understand the future versions not being worried because they're like, perfect. We don't even have to. Like... I mean, I guess they were making prank calls to the local pizza place back <laughs> in the day, so like they were not caring at all. But they had these like cryogenic freezers upstairs. They're like, and what about it? They're like. It's- really doesn't matter. The implications of that are so funny because it's either these like <laughs> groundbreaking research achieving scientists are playing a prank on the pizza guy or it means a 12 year old boy somehow found the cryogen <laughs> chamber. <laughs> There's so much going on with this. Or something. <laughs> Except it has it, to it be literally is. It so is. <laughs> he was called in there by Icy Wiener. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So it's Bart. Bart. And who and the Simpsons do exist in the universe of 
canonically. Yeah. Yeah. Canonically. Yeah. So, like, it would make sense. I love that. It's just so much. Like, can you imagine being an intern at this cryogenic research facility and then going into the lab one day and being like, hey, boss, there's six more of that one dude that showed up on New Year's Eve 2000. And there's a robot in there. There's a robot in there. Like, straight up, there's a robot in there. He's like, I forget about it. (laughs) Don't fucking touch. (laughs) He's like, don't even worry. They're not going to wake up for a thousand years. Do not fucking touch. This is an observational experiment. (laughs) Like at this point, I'm willing to believe someone came back in time to build this facility so no one runs it. That would make sense, I guess. Professor But, <laughs> but also like every time we have a time travel thing like this, it's like nobody really understands how it like works. No. Which means whoever went back in time to build it is in insane super genius or got sent back in time accidentally but knew how to make a cryogenic chamber which is actually maybe more likely see that's what i was the first one in there i guess Mm -hmm. and that's why no one else is in the facility is like (laughs) he he built it he froze himself he's done not even gonna bother (laughs) and the person who did that was that orangutan professor (laughs) that would be so fun (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love I love the monkey college. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Ape school. <laughs> and that cryogenicist's name? Paris Hilton. <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine? <laughs> I wish she was like a, a guest star or something in this. That would be so funny. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, obviously, we kind of glossed over a lot of shit. Yeah. Um, because I did mention Santa, Kwanzaa, and the Hanukkah zombie are involved in this. Yeah, I and really they. <laughs> and the way that they tie that into like, way back in the first episode when Fry is frozen, there's like all this shit you see happen outside the window, and they tie in this fight with the scammer. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> with the like Kwanzaa and Santa and Monica Zombie are like what caused that fight <laughs> that you see outside the window when Brian is frozen that fucking killed me uh, I was like oh I guess that's um that's our tie-in I suppose for that it's insane like I just this and I can't even get mad because it's like Futurama has been like so good about continuity that it's like and also like just being like yeah sometimes in sci-fi in science in general there's not shit that you can always explain Mm -hmm. they've been so good about like thinking about when that's applicable and when they need to like really like make it matter for the universe and I can't be mad at this no it's it's funny and it works yeah yeah, it's an incredibly well thought out show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very well thought out. Um, listen, I used to listen but, to like the, the commentaries when I would mm-hmm. like watch these on DVD, and like just the level of thought that they like put into all of it was always insane. Because they'd be like, "Yeah, I have my page, my PhD, and whatever," and like we sat here yeah. and like, did the math, and I'm like, "What the." What are you guys talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to watch a cartoon. 
it's wild because it's like incredibly intelligent but like all of this incredibly intelligent work going into like a bit exactly <laughs> it's all going into a bit they're like we just thought it'd be funny so then we thought about the like practical logistics of it and i'm like what the fuck <laughs> good for you guys i i love I love it, like, so much. It's just... <laughs> it just... I think most of my issues with this just go into the... Again, no, I know that it wasn't their choice, but still the choice to market this as a movie. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is, like, we've been talking about The Simpsons, too, because obviously it's, like, the same creators. But it's, like, The Simpsons movie was, like, a movie movie. Right. So you mm-hmm. hear like Futurama movie, and I guess to me that's like where my mind goes because the Simpsons movie is like was very successfully a movie out of this kind of a show. Yeah. Um, but once you get once I got past that, this was like not like that, and read that it's not that it wasn't even really intended to be a movie and stuff. This is like really good too. It's just, it's just a pair like a group of four episodes more than it is actually a movie yes yeah and again i cannot get upset about that because that's exactly no exactly no exactly like i said once i like knew that that's what it was it all made sense yeah and it's really funny but it is like there are parts of it that are just so convoluted Right. It is, yeah, and you can tell around, like, episode three that they really did not know how to tie in everything in a cohesive plot line. (laughs) Um, Yeah. You can tell that they were not used to doing long-running things. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, they are in terms of continuity, but, like, Again, there aren't really any, like, long... Exactly. There aren't any other, like, long episode-to-episode plots in the rest of the series. Except this entire season. (laughs) Right. And it's it's just insane. Um, (laughs) The... I, I can't imagine, also, just, like, the stress that you had to have been under to be working on this, because this is like you just got brought back and you were told that like your position your like your job is up to whether or not these four movies do well and they're counting on the fact that you're making these movies cohesive but also in the fact that you can split them up four ways each of them yeah right which and even at the end it's like they might not even bring you back on (laughs) right which is kind of why i liked um, that there were, like, all these little, like, callbacks to things that had happened mm-hmm. in the series prior, because it's good for, like, long-time viewers, but it's good for people that are completely, like, okay, I've never watched Futurama, mm-hmm. but it, like, happens to be, like, coming back on TV. Um, like I already mentioned, the, like, um, that now gets explained with, like, 
<laughs> the holiday of yeah. being, and then like the seam, like the dog Seymour, like setup is in this, um, and yeah. uh, you know, just or like the nephew that's like named after Fry, his setup yeah. is in this, like. It's just, like, all these little things that, like, if you watch the show, you know what they're talking about, but it still makes sense if you've, like, never watched it. But it's, like, oh, there's, like, a whole world to this show that, like, it broadens it and makes it make sense. No, you're um, so yeah. right. It is, it is such a great, like, example of, like, because this is season five. And, like, it is an episodic show, but the amount of world building that they have done and that they, like, are choosing to remain faithful to, regardless of the fact that it is, like, just an episodic adults cartoon on Fox. Yeah. On Fox. On <laughs> fucking the Fox network. <laughs> like, the one fucking network where it's, like, the type of show that you are currently making literally has no ground to stand on ever unless you're the simpsons exactly which i guess the there is no there is no grace given to the creators of the simpsons for fox they're like you which is insane but (laughs) i it's also worth pointing out that this was like not for Fox anymore. This was also not only mm-hmm. their chance to come back, but also they had to prove it to their new network because this was when they were when they moved to Comedy Central. Yeah, which I think also makes sense with like, and I wrote this down as one of the jokes I really like with <laughs> them calling it the Box Network because yeah. Yeah. they're a delivery service. But then like, and then they even had like a cutaway to the Box Network, and it kept flick- like the sign kept flickering. So that it showed Fox, yeah, as the network, and it was like very. I don't know if how been like on Fox network, on right. Fox, yeah, <laughs> with them like blatantly calling them idiots and um, turning them into executive much. powder. <laughs> the only people allowed to do that on Fox. <laughs> The only person who's allowed to do that on Fox is Peter Griffin, unfortunately. <laughs> it's just insane how much of like the runtime for those first two episodes were dedicated to making fun of Fox. Yeah. Right. So much of it was dedicated to that Torgo's executive powder. Mm-hmm. And they were just- like, just so you know, we fucking hate you guys. <laughs> So this movie came out in 2007. I was about, <laughs> give or take, um, 10. <laughs> so I was not watching Futurama. Um, but uh, at 14, when I was really into um, watching things I shouldn't, and also like desperately trying to relate to my father in any way, uh, I would watch reruns of the show. Avengers Big Score was always on. Um, and again, I was 14. And it was not cool. I was a desperately <laughs> miserable loser. Yeah. Um, and now it's just like, 
I'm a I am a loser <laughs> that is I'm a miserable loser that's desperate. Um different stages of life, you know how it is. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> and I didn't I didn't understand like it was still funny at that point, you know, because you're 14 and you want to say yeah. adult, but also it's like <laughs> the robot is saying some funny things. Uh, <laughs> robot drinks, and I think that's really. <laughs> but now it's like, you know what? Yeah, fuck executives of any type, but especially television networks. Yeah. Right? They deserve to be ground up into powders. I think. Yeah. No, at the time you're like, it's so funny that they like turned them into powder. That's so weird, and. Mm. And now you're like, actually, yeah. <laughs> I do not work in the television industry. I'm not a creative. I do not have my ideas consistently canceled and the rug pulled out from under me by these executives. Um, but fuck them. I do feel some vindication, regardless. <laughs> <laughs> and also still, <laughs> the robot funny. <laughs> the robot is very funny, is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> The thing is, the robots are very funny still. Something that, and again, like, again, stressing that same creator as The Simpsons, because with the writing and stuff, it's so obvious, because they both balance Mm -hmm. that, like, incredibly smart and well-written, but also the stupidest thing you've ever seen. Oh, yeah. In such a good way. Mm -hmm. I wish I could say the same about Disenchanted, but it has been several years between Disenchanted and Futurama. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't think Disenchanted is terrible, but it's not. Does not live up to its predecessors. I just, I think my heart hurts for what Bender's big score could be, but it's just every like I I feel bad every time I'm upset about anything about this because it's like they were under a considerable amount of like restrictions and they had to meet so many very specific requirements to have this happen yeah and I'm glad that it did because we got how many more seasons five more seasons out of the show Mm -hmm. and not a single one was like this is an abject failure and I hate every single episode that I'm seeing and I I regret watching any part of this season you know like no exactly I think Futurama is, like, a very, like, rare show where it's, like, I mean, you don't have to like every single episode. God knows we don't. <laughs> yeah, we do not. Exactly. Think, looking at you, Ben-Hur. <laughs> Literally. But at every point in my life where I have had, like a, like, a phase where I'm, like, I need to be watching Futurama, I have sat through as much as I could. I mean, like, again, when I was 14, did not have streaming services, did not have access <laughs> or money for DVDs. Yeah. Um, so I was just watching whatever was playing on Comedy Central. Right. And it's like every single time I was like consuming a lot of Futurama at, at like regular intervals. It's like I'm having fun and I like this no matter yeah. what it is. Like, unfortunately, season five is kind of a mess and it sucks to sit through in one sitting. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, and it's still amazing, like what they did under all those circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like, right. alongside all the other seasons, I don't think any of these are like horrible no. by any means. So, like, 
it's really impressive. Yeah, it is, it is impressive. Like, I, it obviously has not been, like, a huge part of my life like it has been for Ellie. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I'm, I'm so glad to have it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm really glad to have it, too. Yeah. Oh, can I just say that the every single line the professor had was so funny? <laughs> Like yes. every single thing he said. Literally, literally from episode one to the end. Yeah, no, like, and, yeah, that's the whole series. But like, he really came in like this little movie, and like, he came and showed out. Like, he's like this movie titled after Bender, focusing on Fry and Leela. I am gonna be the star of, and goddamn, he was right. Yeah, he like. When he said, I'm sciencing as fast as I can, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and then um, when he had like the Harlem Globe Trotters yes. like helping him, <laughs> uh-huh. um, literally, he was just such, and he had the doom meter and like just every single thing he did, like, was comedy. <laughs> Professor Farnsworth is the gift that keeps on giving every single gear of my life. It's true. He is like that character. He is that character. Like, <laughs> really compares to Professor Fonsworth. No, and no one comedy. fucking talks about it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> hey, everybody listening, get on Twitter and you tweet out at least one thing you like about Professor Farnsworth. Good news. <laughs> to shreds, you say. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking you get on Twitter and you tweet out one good thing, Professor Fart. I know it's hard to to narrow it down. I'm not giving you a cat, but at least one thing about Professor Farnsworth that you like. One thing he has given you. <laughs> he's given you everything. Yeah. He, your fucking respects to Professor Farnsworth. Yeah, he respects to <laughs> literally, literally the best crazy scientist of all media, and I mean that. Yeah. Professor like, Farnsworth know. could have a rivalry with the Blue Hedgehog, but Dr. Robotnik could not wrangle Bender. No. It's true. He really couldn't. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, I think any line that I... Something that... He said, except for one of them, only one of which was the Wimmy Wham Wham Wasp. (laughs) (laughs) There's just, uh, I, I'm like just thinking back now. Like, I again, I started this so, (laughs) I started this so upset with this movie, and then I was like begrudging acceptance. Now it's like, I fucking love this. Um, because Professor Farnsworth is funny. Um, it is so funny. We're, we're just like getting fries, like <laughs> like a 20-something just being fucked over by the world. <laughs> and just blithely blith- like accepting it and living through it. Um, There's also one. Always great. <laughs> I also remember one. <laughs> Where Amy was like, look at us living like trash eating bums in an alley now. And so I goes, yes, no. now. <laughs> I just, they like, remember how they were singing? I almost forgot that yeah. saying because it was like kind of a Christmas episode. 
Zyberg is so funny. Christmas is so funny. <laughs> Futurama. Uh, God, and then like every single time, like it's it's not often that you can like really bring this up, but like every single time it's applicable. It's like I feel so vindicated being like a Hermes fan. Like he's my favorite character, and he's so funny. Whenever they remember that he's a character in the show, yeah, yeah. yeah please. <laughs> They never fucking utilize him. I love that he had his own plot in this movie. This movie, where he he's just a head, and so he's competing with Barbados Slim for to be connected to the mainframe, the ship, so that he can lead (laughs) them to victory against the scam. I love the space fight sequence too, just because of the, mm-hmm. the sheer amount of sci-fi references. Right, all yeah. the references, and I love that they just had like the theme in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It it felt like such a good send off. Um, insane that it was the first movie <laughs> for the <this> season. <laughs> Bender's big score was genuinely such a great like fuck you to the network and also like we love the show that we've created and we're gonna yeah. pack this movie full of like references and like homages to things that we have done in this in the last four seasons and I fantastic but also why would you start with that <laughs> right they started really strong with this movie but yeah no, but I also so. do wonder if given the given all the like weirdness with the production and stuff if it's like they very well knew Bender's big score might be the last thing they ever got to make. So they're going to mm-hmm. go out with a bang. And then they realized <laughs> it wasn't going to be the last thing. So they tacked on the other movies to fulfill the contract. Yeah. But uh, Look, it feels weird to have it first, but I, I assume that's why. I know Johnny Two Cellos on YouTube. <laughs> Shout out to another creator that does not know we exist. I keep doing this. Um, I did that with In Praise of Shadows, and um, we did that with Lore, I think, episode one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Johnny Tuchelos, I watch a lot, and he has, like, so many videos going in depth about, like, what exactly happened for this specific season. Um, yeah. So I am not the person to be relaying, like, third hand, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm not knowledgeable about the animation industry we don't talk about this regularly we barely understand the things that we do talk about regularly um, <laughs> so there's like anybody that's interested about like what was going on you can absolutely check out his channel there's absolutely other youtube channels that talk about futurama and like what the fuck was going on for season five in uh, particular but <laughs> it's just it's insane um and i'm like I'm really glad we chose Bender's Big Score. I think it was kind of just like this was the only one whose uh, title I knew. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) No, but it it was a good choice. It was. I had fun with it. And it's another excuse for us to just be like, go watch Futurama, all of it. mm -hmm. Um, As we've talked about like in the earlier episodes, 
it's so good beginning to end and mm-hmm. the first and last episodes are like some of the best <laughs> Futurama knows what it, it does well and it continuously does it yeah it's just like, it's remarkable I think it's always mm-hmm it's, it's like for like, very different reasons and stuff, but it's like up there with the like greatest animated shows of all time. Like it's right up next to Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yeah, for sure. I, I just, uh, it's it's also like I appreciate it so much because it's like it's funny. I can throw it on whenever. I don't have to worry about it. But also, it's just like it's a great thing to like throw on the podcast where it's like I get to have an excuse to watch Futurama again and also I get to do like my friends and we just get to like sit here for an hour and be like this franchise is so fucking great we all love it Um, yeah (laughs) obsessed it means a lot to each of us personally and I'm just glad that like it's something that can also bring us together yeah it's really great me too yeah, like, I don't know, like, this is probably a little bit too much for Bender's big score, but it's like, I haven't known you guys for, like, that long in, like, the whole grand scheme of my entire life. Yeah. And Futurama is just such a great vehicle to have an excuse just to sit down with my friends who who have been in my life for very sh- a very short time but have become very important to me. No, exactly. So Bender's yeah. big score can suck a little bit in the midpoints. If I can, like, watch Bender's everything big does. score. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, That's especially because... Life. I mean, like, I got really into this show because of my dad, which mm-hmm. I feel like happens a lot. Like, I yeah. unfortunately feel like I f- share a lot of likes in terms of media with my father. Mm-hmm. I know that's what that's for. Yeah, it's like very unfortunate. (laughs) Um, So I'm so that I have friends that also really like the show because I'm like, the show's really good and I don't want my dad to be the The reason. The only person. The the only person that I I have associated with it. Yeah. (laughs) It's just. I don't know. Got a little no, too it's fantastic for, for Bender's big score. Um, no, but it's like grand scheme of the podcast. It's like that's the whole reason we started this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> was so we could hang out with our friends. Yeah, and what a fucking terrible way to begin it <laughs> <laughs> with Ryan fucking Murphy, a dark specter that haunts my life. At, le- at least Matt Groening has created many shows that mean so much to me and also Disenchantment. <laughs> Which was a little bit funny when I watched it the first time. Well, the, re- the funniest bit in all of Disenchantment is that part where she's like talking about them starting a band together and she just won't stop talking. <laughs> um, but the rest of it is just like this is okay. Yep. Yeah, I look. I don't think it's bad at all, but it's just 
not as good as Simpsons or Futurama. No, no it's, it doesn't have the same power. Few, few things are. <laughs> One of them. But you know and what? They can't all be out of the park every single time. Sometimes no. you get to hit it out of the park twice with two really good shows, and then you get to have a pretty okay show. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta stick. You gotta realize you you have to stick with what you know, which is. Um, the commentary on the sitcom family of the 90s uh, and science fiction <laughs> as a whole. Yeah. You can't, you, you can't do everything to Matt and fantasy, it seems, doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. But Bender's big score, I mean... I'm not going to ever end a Futurama episode by saying, don't watch it. This, I think, is the most wholeheartedly I could be like, yeah, just watch it. Doesn't matter if you've seen any Futurama before. Yeah. Especially with Bender's Big Score, they go through everything that you need to know. Yeah, if yeah. you missed anything, they're going to tell you. Like, mm. don't even worry about it. The fucking, like you said earlier, the Harlem fucking Globetrotters are in this. Al Gore is in this episode. These four right. episodes, sorry. Um, <laughs> it, it is perfectly fine to start here. Um, yeah. It's insane to do that because it's not hard to watch Futurama. But, <laughs> but you can start here. Right. It's like it would be a weird, it's like weird flex to start here with streaming <laughs> available. But yeah. like you can if you totally want to. <laughs> God, I don't even. It's so funny because, like, with streaming, it's like you absolutely could pinpoint the exact episode that you started. <laughs> I don't. I because of the way that like shit worked when we started watching Futurama, I don't know what my first episode was. I, I have no idea. I wouldn't really know either, mm-hmm. because. I mean, I know that my dad started collecting them pretty early, like, not early, like, they had come out, you know, mm-hmm. started, it had aired way before we started, like, owning them on DVD, but I hadn't been aware of them until that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, some, some of them, like, stick out to me as episodes I saw early on, like, the one where they go to the Slurm factory. Mm-hmm. Um like sticks out to me as one that I like that I watched like pretty early um to get into Futurama but it's like could I tell you if that was the first one I couldn't and I did not watch this until college so my first episode was the first episode holy shit I think mine might have been the devil's hands (laughs) oh that's a good one I can't fuck it. I every I forget that every time. Every single time. Until you bring it up, you're like, I didn't start watching this till college. That's insane to me. Yeah, I always forget that too. That's like the first time I was like that I could watch it on streaming. Mm-hmm. And like we didn't have cable when I was in high school, so I never saw it mm-hmm. on TV or anything either. I forget we had, the reverse we had, experiences. <laughs> we had I, I had cable, but us. I didn't have internet. And you had internet, but no cable. 
Yeah. We had the mailed to us Netflix. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I was ordering on there was Labyrinth. <laughs> I wasn't allowed to order anything uh, because everybody else wanted something. So, I, But the only thing I was asking for uh, is, <laughs> is Sherlock. So it was they were right to deny me that. <laughs> <laughs> this is by far away from Futurama. I love Futurama. We should absolutely... We should- yeah, <laughs> we should plan to watch uh, more soon. There's so much of it, and we barely scratched the surface. Absolutely. So, and I yeah. love to hang out with my best friends, Josh and Ellie. <laughs> I'm um, sorry, Josh and, and Bender as well. <laughs> I love to hang out with you guys. <laughs> and you will hear from all three of us fairly soon again because yes, uh, this October. Ellie's going to be joining us for our Goosebumps book club reviews of the show. And then over on Ellie and I's podcast, we're going to be actually reviewing a couple of the books. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're going to have a Goosebumps (laughs) book-a-thon this October. An actual book club. And I'm so excited. And the book club. (laughs) The book and... (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be phenomenal. That's going to be a long ways out. um, Because in the meantime, next week's episode is going to be, it's also a big one. Um, My big score, The Batman. Yeah. (laughs) I'm very, very, very excited to talk about The Batman. So stick around for that for next week um it means the world to me if you do actually i don't fucking care if you listen to it i'm gonna record either way and i that's what i'm excited about so yeah uh what you can do is you can follow us on twitter we're at dumb bitch binge we tweet out anytime an episode goes live which is about as close to friday as we can make it (sighs) bro gonna level with you here (laughs) beating a cog in the machine Takes it the fucking toll. Um, I'm dying yeah. mentally, emotionally, not physically yet, but <laughs> it means Friday is kind of unrealistic some of the time. Yeah. Apologies in advance. <laughs> um, you can also, if you're so inclined, check out Josh and Ellie's podcast, Breezy Banter. Uh, found everywhere that this podcast is. Yeah, we talk about shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but... we talk about whatever we want. And in October, I... that'll be goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> obviously. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we also have a Patreon at Dumbbitch Binging. Uh, I'll post that information with this on Twitter. It's also in our Twitter bio. So you can find it there. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go through the whole spiel at the moment, but all of that being said, thank you for listening. This has been Dumb Bitch Benji. <laughs>